Welcome to Much More Much Year with Pup Duffy and Kara Lane, an Aunt Imagination production. We are here with musician Noah Richardson. Noah, welcome. I wanted to ask straight out the gate, you are the inventor of funeral pop. Now, for me, who is a morbid soul, I get it right away. But for people who might not be as dark and twisted as us, what is funeral pop? Uh, well, I feel like I kind of invented that uh, phrase. Um, because usually, like, I had a bio, I was like, oh, I, like, write songs. But, like, that doesn't, like, it's not, like, my elevator pitch of, like, what I do, really. Um, so, me, myself, I am a morbid soul, you know? Uh, I feel like just in those those words, you kind of get, like, a little bit of, like, what I do, you know? I am a sarcastic, like, dark humor kind of person, but also, like, I make music, you know? So, um, that kind of brings you into that that lens. Right. And Dead to Me is kind of a perfect breakup song. I want to put it on my list of songs that I'm going to listen to on repeat because shockingly, I am currently in the middle of a breakup and I would normally say that it sucks, but I am very happy. So but Dead, <laughs> Dead to Me is kind of, it's reminiscent of, to me, it was like, a well, your voice specifically is kind of a little mix of James Blunt, Mika, a little Daniel Beddingfield, maybe. So who were some of your inspirations? Who were some of your music, like, idols, for lack of a better word, growing up? Um, growing up, it really changed a lot. It really changed a lot. Because, uh, well, my parents were divorced, so I was getting, like, two different sets of music in the car. So either, like, uh, with my dad, I was getting, like, Aerosmith, like, Guns N' Roses, like, stuff like that. That's how I really got into music. Like, uh, I picked up a guitar because I wanted to be, like, Slash. I was, like, Slash for Halloween, like, stuff like that. Um, but then with my mom, I was getting, like, Taylor Swift. I was getting, like, Pink, you know? So, like, in a weird way, too, like, I, I have listened to every Taylor Swift album on repeat for, like, years because she's a fanatic. Like, she has a, a Taylor Swift fan page that has, like, thousands of followers. Oh, wow. Well, well, <laughs> um, but I think, like, those, like, mix of things have actually, like, influenced me in such a weird way, you know, because um, Taylor Swift, who I think is, like, the greatest songwriter of, like, our generation right now. Um, in my brain has just, like, you know, having learned those things. But when I started, like, coming back to music uh, halfway through college, John Mayer was, like, a huge, huge influence to me. Uh, then I started learning more into, like, alt-pop like newer kind of like bedroom pop like kind of artists stuff like dominic flake uh stuff like that that's cool and you can you can hear a little bit of your, both of your parents influences and talk about queen of the the breakup songs right i mean that's that's pretty cool and people can uh music on spotify is that right yeah spotify apple music uh youtube okay i have a question because i was listening to your i was listening to your album and we're, we're talking about your influences and things like that. Your album has literally multiple styles of music on it. You've got, and it's, it's amazing. It's incredible um, because, you know, a lot of artists will have kind of like the same, like you've got R&B, you've got, you know, funk, and you'll have like that same kind of styling throughout that whole album. But yours does some funk. It does some R&B. It does, it does a lot of various different things. And so I never found myself like bored listening to the album because each song was incredibly unique and different and set apart from its, you know, the other things. Yeah. Um, but like through your whole process with writing and composing the music and stuff, 
How, how did you go about creating this very unique, incredible album? Um, it's been a journey, honestly. It's been a journey of like the last like uh, year, year and a half, maybe. Um, and the different styles, that was something I was so nervous about. You know, I was talking with my producer when we were trying to like put the track listing together and like really put the songs together as a collection. And I was like, I was, uh, I was super nervous about it. And uh, it wasn't until I it was like a, a month before the album was getting released and I got to meet uh, Cara Diaguardi. I don't know if you remember Cara Diaguardi. She's a uh, like, legendary songwriter. She was on American Idol uh, during like some of the earlier seasons, but uh, I got to show her some music and she was like, explain to us like, you, like, it doesn't matter to stay in that, that little pigeonhole. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Cause like everyone's like trying different things, you know? Uh, so that kind of gave me a little weight off my shoulders to be like, okay, cool. It's like, I can throw a little, like little house beats in there, a little this, cause I'm inspired by everything. You know, it's not just one thing that I'm inspired by. So that's where that kind of comes from. Yeah. That's really cool because I'm an old enough lady to remember there was a time in music where uh, people and, and the, the, you know, the listening audience audience were like, stay in your lane. Right. It mm -hmm. was, it was shocking that someone like Shania Twain would, you oh. know, sing. and it's so, I'm so glad that that's something that went away because yeah. to see, to see Nellie. Now I know this is a few years down the road, but to see Nellie partner up with, you know, Florida Georgia line. Oh my God. And, oh my God. The, the most, <laughs> when I was a kid, when I was young, like the biggest <gasps> was when run DMC and Aerosmith did walk this way together. Yeah. yeah. It was like, though they knew each other you know i'm so naive yeah. about it so i'm so glad to see that it's a lot more fluid that that music highway you know they're dotted lines we can cross we can pass 100 percent, i agree and what's what's funny about that is too like when people are like you know with the changing the lanes and whatever like when you ask people what they're into and what they listen to you know what they say they say everything like i listen to everything you know what i mean so it's like you can kind of cross those boundaries it's, it's really cool right and it's so funny because some people will be like oh i you know i like everything except rap but they know every lyric to gangster's paradise or <laughs> the same rap country you know and they know every <laughs> it's like rip coolio rip oh coolio that that broke oh, me yeah. Well, let me tell you really quick, and this is a side story. My uh, my son is autistic. Uh, Kira also has an uh, autistic son, but my son is autistic and obsessed with the Masked Singer. Right? I mean, he'll play the same episode over and over again. And Wiz Khalifa, a spoiler alert if you haven't seen that, Wiz Khalifa in season five years ago um, played a uh, was a mask on the Masked Singer, and he did Gangsters Paradise, and that's one of the songs that he listens to over and over again. So. Oh. Julio died, and I'm hearing that song on repeat, and I'm like, oh. Oh, no. But it's, it's a great song. It's a great song. But, but yeah, no, I'm so glad. And I think you mentioned American Idol, and a lot of um, these singing reality, per, you know, uh, contest shows, they don't, a lot of people win and don't go anywhere, unfortunately. You know, I don't think that they get the, I don't think they get the support from the show that they maybe should have, but shining example of how it can work is kelly clarkson she came 100%. right into that show being a country singer and look at her i mean oh, absolute powerhouse yeah for real so 
We said that we can hear the music on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. You said you went back to music halfway through your college career. Mm. Did you continue with college or are you a full-time musician now? Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, I was pre-med, going to be a doctor, like whatever. And then halfway through, kind of had like a sort of quarter-life crisis and was like, let's just put all the put all the chips in the middle. Let's just do what we really want to do. And um didn't look back, but I was already on scholarship. So I was like, all right, let's just finish out like school. Um, so I have like, I switched my major. I have a different degree, but it was almost like I wasn't learning anything because I was in those classes, like writing lyrics and like computer in class, like looking up, like how to do this and how to do that. So it was like, really, I applied the studying techniques and like what I would do, like to learning music, you know? So. Well, there's something that so- for finishing school and finding your passion i mean i think you probably can't find the the square of the hypotenuse but you can you know you can rhyme orange right (laughs) (laughs) well education is everywhere honestly i mean you learn by doing as well so congrats on that but congrats also for getting the degree because i can imagine as a parent i'd be like what (laughs) i percent, but what yeah yeah. Well, I do wonder, like, what, what, what did your, what did you sh- turn course and do your degree on? Did you do like music theory and things like that? Um, so I picked up a music minor, but I actually changed to psychology. I, I love psychology even beforehand. Um, so it was kind of easy to, you know, uh, do that and music at the same time, because I really had an interest in it. So um, I did pick up some things from it, but right because i was listening to your album and it was like uh muse is very big on this like matt bellamy is uh-huh. a musical genius with music theory and and classically trained so mm-hmm. i was wondering if that was like something that helped you with this album and and composing and kind of figuring out how everything needed to to go together and what sounds would complement each other and things like that um yeah for sure. I would say for sure. Um, definitely was a lot of time of like time I sacrificed in college of like, you know, friends are going out, friends having fun. Nope. I want to stay in and uh, I want to learn my instrument. I want to, you know, sit here and study like what I'm doing or like I'm already out and I'm like, I should be home. And I just would leave Irish goodbye and <laughs> come home and just start writing. Do you play any other instruments outside of guitar? Uh, guitar. If you know guitar, you can get away with like bass and ukulele. So I can like I can fire my way around those. Uh, I used to play trumpet when I was a kid. Uh, I also played piano. Awesome! Look at you. Well, I, I wanted to to chime in about the the psychology degree because honestly, understanding the human brain and those are some of the things that you learn in the classes you take. You know, for a psychology major, mm-hmm. understanding uh, the human brain and how people react to certain stimuli, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. actually help with songwriting i would think because you're like if i put this line in here it's going to (laughs) impact right i yeah i definitely get what you're saying i feel like maybe uh subconsciously uh i am doing that you know i'll feel like sometimes i'll I'll write something and i'll be like this is crap i'm like what the hell is this and then like a couple months down the line i'll actually look at it again i'm like Oh, that's why I did that. Okay. Like, you know, like it'll be right there. So uh, yeah, maybe subconsciously I'm doing stuff like that. Well, see, and the funny thing about that is, is like as a writer myself, 
it's like you'll write something and you'll be like, this is utter garbage, you know, like this is dumpster fire worthy garbage. And then you'll, you, you, that's when you need to step away because it's like you're, you're too close to it. And so you're like, okay, you need to step away, put it on the side. And then you come back and read it. You're like, okay, maybe it wasn't that terrible. Yeah. You know, so it's really fun to see like as a, as a writer, you know, of stories and stuff, how even songwriting and and that whole thing kind of have similarities into it. So sure. that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, Thank you. Songwriting and, and book writing, uh, being an author and being a songwriter, you're both using words to to touch people or to reach people um, or to get a response, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm, for sure. I have a, do you have I, a question? I do. I have a quick question. <sighs> I looked down at my notes and I remembered. <laughs> I have to have notes because I'm an old fart. Um, Noah, I wanted to ask, in the video for Dead to Me, you spend a bit of time in a coffin. Something that kind of creeps me out. How did you, uh, how'd you, did it creep you out at all? Or were you just like, whatever? Uh, it did. Cre- so it didn't creep me out until like afterward. Um, afterward, it did creep me out because I was kind of like, I don't want some sort of divine intervention of like, you know, God being like, Oh, you think this is funny? And then like, you know, <laughs> um, I don't know. I was like very, I was very like superstitious about that afterward for sure. Um, but I grew up in a funeral home. So oh, really? uh, I grew up in a funeral home and oh, wow. uh, so th- it was shot in the funeral home that I grew up in. Um you know, like the hearses, like the cemetery, everything was like all like people that we knew and stuff like that. Wait, wait a minute. This is a whole six feet under thing because <laughs> I love six feet under too. Yeah. Oh my god, that's one of the best shows that was ever on television. Yeah. That, okay, so side tangent, Kira. Sorry. Growing up in a funeral home, how accurate was the show? <laughs> um, I didn't see the, the whole show all the way through, but it's it's fairly accurate actually. I think that that's again morbid. Whoa! Now we know your origin story right there. (laughs) But I'm a person, and I feel like I could I could do it. I could like raise my kids in a funeral home because I think it would make them stronger adults, honestly, and more compassionate to understand that life is so fragile. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't I don't know if I have like a different view on like death because of living in a funeral home, but I probably do. Like I just, from the way that my dad's described it and the way that he's described, like how he wants to be, uh, to be taken care of, how he wants his services to be. He just sees it more of like, I want you to celebrate me. You know, I want you, I want this to be not like a, a sad thing or anything like that. Um, I guess it just varies. So your dad is a, uh, um, what do you call it? A, a mortician? Uh, mortician, undertaker, funeral director. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's insane. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And now we know why dark humor is your thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, like I could, I could like every, I've, I've known a couple of other people who are raised as well. And they all really? share like that same sarcasm, and, like this really? dark humor. And I'm sitting here like, wow, that was really dark. And they're like, Oh, I'm sorry. You know, like, I'm like, no, but it's funny. It's just oh, that's a place that my brain would not normally go. Yeah. Because I think that shapes your experience for sure. And yeah. so um, that's that's really incredibly interesting. Okay. So 
What was the best thing about being raised in a funeral home and the worst thing about being raised in a funeral home? Uh, I don't, the best thing? I don't know. Um, Dad was always home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll start with the worst thing. Maybe I'll think of the best thing. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, Come on, channel that dark humor into it. It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, worst thing was, uh, I have a best thing, but I'll start with the worst thing. Worst thing was uh, if I was home alone. Uh, I've, I've seen some shit. Like, I have, actually. Um, like, especially if I was home and I was like by myself, maybe I'm like in the basement or something. Like I know nobody else is home. I'm hearing people walk up and down the stairs. People run up and down, like just all sorts of things. Like that will freak you out. Breaking news. Noah Richardson believes in ghosts. Yes. I no, I do. I a hundred percent do. I do too. So, I mean, I've had my fair share of really weird off the wall experiences. So I'm like, yeah. there is no explanation for it. So it has to be this. Okay. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Okay, so what is the best thing then if you thought of one? Uh, the best thing I would have to say, I definitely in particular about like just our, our place in general, it was really just like, oddly enough, it was sanctuary like for everybody, like like neighbors, like my family, like ever, like just everybody would come there, like even if it's just for coffee or like whatever, like just talk about their day and like everything. Um, it was really just like everyone's kind of safe space um for everyone to come to and that's it's definitely was the best thing about it um i'm imagining like games of hide and seek at noah's house <laughs> oh well yeah all right we're gonna go there hide and seek was uh hide and seek was fun uh high school high school i used to throw parties like when my, when my parents were gone which was very <laughs> that oh my god can you imagine because Listen, we know it's high school. We know that there's beers and there's keggers. And, and I'm just imagining someone under the influence, like stumbling into the basement. And like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Best Halloween parties ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, that's okay. So you just, yeah. Six feet under was accurate. Mm -hmm. And this was in Philly. Yep. Yeah. that's so freaking cool i don't know what it says about me personally that after watching like all six seasons of this show i was like am i too old to go to mortuary school <laughs> i don't know so what is up next for mr richardson what is what's the plan i don't know i'm just right now i'm back into writing mode you know which i've been waiting to get into for a long time I'm just back into uh yeah I, of course i like i write like little things every day but like really getting back like in the studio um working on next body of work next new songs um might have some shows coming up might have some other things coming up we we shall see we shall see but for now you will be kept in the dark unfortunately <laughs> that's okay well we're, we're we're not scared of the dark I do have a question since you've gotten back into writing. What sources inspire you like when you're writing? Is it like personal experiences? Is it outside world experiences that you see? A little bit of both? Uh, two things that I know for sure will inspire me. Definitely like personal experiences. Like every song on the album has something to do with something that's happened to me. Because um, that's, that's where I kind of, I don't like to lie as a, human being and a, a songwriter you know i just i like to draw from something 
real because when I'm on stage and singing it like that, then that's when I'm singing it the loudest, you know, because it's like something I really felt. Um, and also when I, I hear an artist like a peer of mine or somebody like write a really good song because that, that's when I kind of I'm like I dial in. I'm like, oh, that was good. Like, let me I need to like make something good. Right. And like the emotion, like I, I found the best music that I've ever heard from artists has been. And a lot of times it'll be like the not the the released single or whatever of their CD. It'll just be one song that is super personal, super emotionally attached to them. And I, that's that's something that I like to cling to because I like to say that the lyrics are the soul of the work while the music is the heart and you have to have them both together to make a beautiful metal uh, melody that mm -hmm. is that song um so for me i'm so happy to hear you say that because there are some songs or some artists who will sing songs that other people wrote they have no idea the experience or the feelings behind it and it just sounds so hollow if that makes any sense and yeah. so your your music every single track just hit just right and it was very emotionally like uh it was just it was great so I'm, I'm happy to hear that thank you thank you yeah i um if i were to write a song for somebody else you know i just like i don't know i don't know like what's i would really have to like have a conversation with them i would really have to like get inside their thought process of things you know because like there's a lot of things that go into it like uh you got to think about like their fan base, like who they're talking to, you know, and like what kind of you know, verbiage they use for this. You know, it's just like a way of curating things from their their perspective, you know, really hard. Yeah. to do. I think that part of um, part of what's wrong with a lot of current music is, is exactly what you're saying. The songs are being written for them and and you can tell, right? You can tell that they're not torn up over that breakup. They're not, you know, overjoyed to be in California or whatever, you know, yeah. because they, they didn't sit down at three in the morning, you know, and scribble on a napkin. I fucking hate you. I wish you were dead because it has to be their experience to make, you know, the listeners feel it. Mm -hmm. my <laughs> no, but that's why Taylor Swift is so phenomenal with all of the songs that she does is because that's what she like she writes them all and mm -hmm. those are her real feelings and her real thoughts and I think that's what's been so phenomenal about her and watching her rise and um you know with with Noah doing the same thing, you know, it's going to be wonderful to watch you rise like Taylor did, because I, I, I swear you're going places, kid. You're going places. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's very high praise to be next to the queen herself. Oh, yeah. Hey, I'm shipping it. I'm shipping it. <laughs> Taylor. <laughs> Naylor. So I know you said you want to surprise everybody, but do you have a website or can people follow you on social media and try to keep up with what's going on in, in your life? Absolutely. Um, I like I said, I'm on Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, Somebody is probably in an alleyway somewhere selling some burned CDs, um, which is great. Um, but I'm also on Instagram uh, and TikTok. My at is Noah Richardson with two eyes because that was the only one that was available. But yeah. How uh, dare they tell you, take your name <laughs> on all these social media sites? How dare they? I couldn't believe it. 
Yeah. Two eyes threw me. I was trying to find you. And I'm like, where the hell is this guy? I know he exists. I saw him. <laughs> well, it has been so much fun talking to you. And I, I really think Kira, we're going to have to have him back to talk a little more spooky, ooky, kooky, because it is an open invitation anytime. Yeah, let's have a let's have a Halloween episode. We can uh, we can talk ghosts. Yeah, we can we can share spooky stories and <laughs> yeah. things like that. So, and then and then I'll write an anthology on all of our experiences and publish it, and then we'll be famous. It'll be and great. Perfect. All right. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Kira. Do you have any final thoughts? I do not. I'm so excited. You just, well, I do actually, you don't have any shows coming up anymore. You just finished a tour, correct? Uh, I just have my debut album release, excuse me, uh, debut album release show, but uh, maybe announcing some more shows soon. So who knows? Yes. Okay. Now I have a final thought. Are you ever, <laughs> <laughs> are you ever going to come down to Florida? Oh my God. I would love to. I would absolutely love to. Cool. And are you thinking like mid venues? I mean, you're obviously not selling out stadiums yet because hello. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like mid tier. If you guys have any places that you guys would like to see me play to, just um, send me their info. I can reach out to them. I- yeah, we, Texas, we've got Debellum here in the Dallas Fort Worth area, and they I have like some really cool venues there. Yeah. So I'll do that. Awesome. So yeah, you have contact in two different states what do you think about that i love that <laughs> no but you have a wonderful rest of the day and thank you so much for joining us you as well thank you thank you yeah thank you so much Take bye you.